Section seven of Twilight in Italy by D. H. Lawrence. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the Lago di Garda, Il Duro. The first time I saw Il Duro was on a sunny day when there came up a party of pleasure makers to San Gaudenzio. There were three women and three men. The women were in cotton frocks, one a large, dark, florid woman in pink, the other two rather insignificant the men i scarcely noticed at first except that two were young and one elderly they were a queer party even on a feast day coming up purely for pleasure in the morning strange and slightly uncertain advancing between the vines they greeted maria and paolo in loud coarse voices there was something blousy and uncertain and hesitating about the women in particular which made one at once notice them then a picnic was arranged for them out of doors on the grass they sat just in front of the house under the olive tree beyond the well it should have been pretty the women in their cotton frocks and their friends sitting with wine and food in the spring sunshine but somehow it was not it was hard and slightly ugly but since they were picnicking out of doors we must do so too we were at once envious but maria was a little unwilling and then she set a table for us the strange party did not speak to us they seemed slightly uneasy and angry at our presence i asked maria who they were she lifted her shoulders and after a second's cold pause said they were people from down below and then in her rather strident shrill slightly bitter slightly derogatory voice she added they are not people for you signore you don't know them she spoke slightly angrily and contemptuously of them rather protectively of me so that vaguely i gathered that they were not quite respectable only one man came into the house he was very handsome beautiful rather a man of thirty-two or three with a clear golden skin and perfectly turned face something godlike but the expression was strange his hair was jet black and fine and smooth glossy as a bird's wing his brows were beautifully drawn calm above his grey eyes that had long dark lashes his eyes however had a sinister light in them a pale slightly repelling gleam very much like a god's pale gleaming eyes with the same vivid pallor and all his face had the slightly malignant suffering look of a satyr yet he was very beautiful he walked quickly and surely with his head rather down passing from his desire to his object absorbed yet curiously indifferent as if the transit were in a strange world as if none of what he was doing were worth the while yet he did it for his own pleasure and the light on his face a pale strange gleam through his clear skin remained like a translucent smile unchanging as time he seemed familiar with the household he came and fetched wine at his will maria was angry with him she railed loudly and violently he was unchanged he went out with the wine to the party on the grass maria regarded them all with some hostility they drank a good deal out there in the sunshine the women and the older man talked floridly il duro crouched at the feast in his curious fashion he had strangely flexible loins upon which he seemed to crouch forward but he was separate like an animal that remains quite single no matter where it is the party remained until about two o'clock then slightly flushed it moved on in a ragged group up to the village beyond i do not know if they went to one of the inns of the stony village or to the large strange house which belonged to the rich young grocer of the village below a house kept only for feasts and riots uninhabited for the most part maria would tell me nothing about them 
only the young well-to-do grocer who had lived in vienna the bertolotti came later in the afternoon inquiring for the party and towards sunset i saw the elderly man of the group stumbling home very drunk down the path after the two women who had gone on in front then paolo sent giovanni to see the drunken one safely past the landslip which was dangerous altogether it was an unsatisfactory business very much like any other such party in any other country then in the evening il duro came in his name is faustino but everybody in the village has a nickname which is almost invariably used he came in and asked for supper we had all eaten so he ate a little food alone at the table whilst we sat round the fire afterwards we played up jenkins that was the one game we played with the peasants except that exciting one of theirs which consists in shouting in rapid succession your guesses at the number of fingers rapidly spread out and shut into the hands again upon the table il duro joined in the game and that was because he had been in america and now was rich he felt he could come near to the strange signori but he was always inscrutable it was queer to look at the hands spread on the table the english women having rings on their soft fingers the large fresh hands of the elder boy the brown paws of the younger paolo's distorted great hard hands of a peasant and the big dark brown animal shapely hands of faustino he had been in america first for two years and then for five years seven years altogether but he only spoke a very little english he was always with italians he had served chiefly in a flag factory and had had very little to do save to push a trolley with flags from the dying room to the drying room i believe it was this then he had come home from america with a fair amount of money he had taken his uncle's garden had inherited his uncle's little house and he lived quite alone he was rich maria said shouting in her strident voice he at once disclaimed it peasant wise but before the signori he was glad also to appear rich he was mean that was more maria cried half teasing half getting at him he attended to his garden grew vegetables all the year round lived in his little house and in spring made good money as a vine grafter he was an expert vine grafter after the boys had gone to bed he sat and talked to me he was curiously attractive and curiously beautiful but somehow like stone in his clear colouring and his clear-cut face his temples with the black hair were distinct and fine as a work of art but always his eyes had this strange half diabolic half tortured pale gleam like a goat's and his mouth was shut almost uglily his cheeks stern his moustache was brown his teeth strong and spaced the women said it was a pity his moustache was brown peccato sa per bellezza il baffineri ah then a long-drawn exclamation of voluptuous appreciation you live quite alone i said to him he did and even when he had been ill he was alone he had been ill two years before his cheeks seemed to harden like marble and to become pale at the thought he was afraid like marble with fear but why i said why do you live alone you are sad et triste he looked at me with his queer pale eyes i felt a great static misery in him something very strange triste he repeated stiffening up hostile i could not understand vuol dire che hai l'aria dolorosa cried maria like a chorus interpreting and there was always a sort of loud ring of challenge somewhere in her voice 
sad i said in english sad i he repeated also in english and he did not smile or change only his face seemed to become more stone-like and he only looked at me into my eyes with the long pale steady inscrutable look of a goat i can only repeat something stone-like why i said don't you marry man doesn't live alone i don't marry he said to me in his emphatic deliberate cold fashion because i've seen too much ho visto troppo i don't understand i said yet i could feel that paolo sitting silent like a monolith also in the chimney opening he understood maria also understood il duro looked again steadily into my eyes ho visto troppo he repeated and the words seemed engraved on stone i've seen too much but you can marry i said however much you have seen if you have seen all the world he watched me steadily like a strange creature looking at me what woman he said to me you can find a woman there are plenty of women i said not for me he said i have known too many i have known too much i can marry nobody do you dislike women i said no quite otherwise i don't think ill of them then why can't you marry why must you live alone why live with a woman he said to me and he looked mockingly which woman is it to be you can find her i said there are many women again he shook his head in the stony final fashion not for me i have known too much but does that prevent you from marrying he looked at me steadily finally and i could see it was impossible for us to understand each other or for me to understand him i could not understand the strange white gleam of his eyes where it came from also i knew he liked me very much almost loved me which again was strange and puzzling it was as if he were a fairy a fawn and had no soul but he gave me a feeling of vivid sadness a sadness that gleamed like phosphorescence he himself was not sad there was a completeness about him about the pallid other world he inhabited which excluded sadness it was too complete too final too defined there was no yearning no vague merging off into mistiness he was clear and fine as semi-transparent rock as a substance in moonlight he seemed like a crystal that has achieved its final shape and has nothing more to achieve that night he slept on the floor of the sitting-room in the morning he was gone but a week after he came again to graft the vines all the morning and the afternoon he was among the vines crouching before them cutting them back with his sharp bright knife amazingly swift and sure like a god it filled me with a sort of panic to see him crouched flexibly like some strange animal god doubled on his haunches before the young vines and swiftly vividly without thought cut 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 at the young budding shoots which fell unheeded on to the earth then again he strode with his curious half goat-like movement across the garden to prepare the lime he mixed the messy stuff cow-dung and lime and water and earth carefully with his hands as if he understood that too he was not a worker he was a creature in intimate communion with the sensible world knowing purely by touch the limey mess he mixed amongst knowing as if by relation between that soft matter and the matter of himself then again he strode over the earth a gleaming piece of earth himself moving to the young vines quickly with a few clean cuts of the knife he prepared the new shoot 
which he had picked out of a handful which lay beside him on the ground he went finally to the quick of the plant inserted the graft then bound it up fast hard it was like god grafting the life of man upon the body of the earth intimately conjuring with his own flesh all the while paolo stood by somehow excluded from the mystery talking to me to faustino and il duro answered easily as if his mind were disengaged it was his senses that were absorbed in the sensible life of the plant and the lime and the cow dung he handled watching him watching his absorbed bestial and yet godlike crouching before the plant as if he were the god of lower life i somehow understood his isolation why he did not marry pan and the ministers of pan do not marry the sylvan gods they are single and isolated in their being it is in the spirit that marriage takes place in the flesh there is connection but only in the spirit is there a new thing created out of two different antithetic things in the body i am conjoined with the woman but in the spirit my conjunction with her creates a third thing an absolute a word which is neither me nor her nor of me nor of her but which is absolute and faustino had none of this spirit in him sensation itself was absolute not spiritual consummation but physical sensation so he could not marry it was not for him he belonged to the god pan to the absolute of the senses all the while his beauty so perfect and so defined fascinated me a strange static perfection about him but his movements whilst they fascinated also repelled i can always see him crouched before the vines on his haunches his haunches doubled together in a complete animal unconsciousness his face seeming in its strange golden pallor and its hardness of line with the gleaming black of the fine hair on the brow and temples like something reflective like the reflecting surface of a stone that gleams out of the depths of night it was like darkness revealed in its steady unchanging pallor again he stayed through the evening having quarrelled once more with maria about money he quarrelled violently yet coldly there was something terrifying in it and as soon as the matter of dispute was settled all trace of interest or feeling vanished from him yet he liked above all things to be near the english signori they seemed to exercise a sort of magnetic attraction over him it was something of the purely physical world as a magnetized needle swings towards soft iron he was quite helpless in the relation only by mechanical attraction he gravitated into line with us but there was nothing between us except our complete difference it was like night and day flowing together end of section seven